It's in you. You possess the power. Stress is inevitable. It means we care. Alex Witt. I need some motivation. motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Riding myself and I yell at the wall. Begging to run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast that helps you be the leader. I'm Jeremiah Sullivan and I'm your host. And if this is your first time listening, this is a podcast that's designed to help you out with a few things. Leadership goal setting achievement, mindset, fitness, high performance, all the tools, strategies, and tactics that you need to succeed. And, and not just you, but to bring your team along with you. And I'm excited for today's episode. I got an awesome guest and I love him because um, I we're cut from the same cloths in a lot of ways, but we both actually started off uh, our, our adult lives really in the military. And I think it's really cool when you come into the military as a junior soldier, you know, a young buck, and then you end up getting your foundation under you and then you can, you start to achieve and then you just keep doing that over and over and over again in life. And it becomes very, very inspiring for the people behind you. And um, I'm excited to bring him in because I know we have a lot of military listeners. We got a lot of people that respect the military and not only that, but we have a lot of people that are just hungry for absolute success. So today's guest is going to be an awesome one for everybody to sit back, take notes, listen. Like I mentioned, he's a veteran. He served in the Navy for four years and he did a tour over in Iraq He's an entrepreneur and he helped grow one of his first things that he did is he helped grow a logistics startup to 270 employees and $300 million in revenue. Not too bad. He's also the CEO of battle bars, which are healthy nutrition bars. They're protein bars. They aren't full of junk and all the sugar and bullshit that you see in there out there in the marketplace. Those are more like candy bars. Okay. So He's also the founder of uh, this uh, of a fitness business called 104010. And this is an awesome opportunity for a lot of veterans. If you ever thought about opening up your own gym, he helps facilitate affordable franchises and blueprints for people that want to do that for veterans. But beyond the business, beyond the entrepreneurship and the military, you know, this is just a, an awesome individual that I see him. You know, he has a patent for fitness and nutrition, and he's a servant leader. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome Alex Witt. Man, that's uh, quite the introduction. I feel, uh, feel like I owe you something there, man. That was nice. <laughs> yeah, you can toss me a couple of bucks afterwards. Now nah, I'm playing. <laughs> battle bars. I'll throw you some battle bars. Yeah, throw me some battle bars. No, nah, man, it's great to have you on here. Like I said, I meant every word that I said, and I'm really excited to dive into your story, projects that you're working on, and then uncover some key lessons for for the audience, you know, and I, as I mentioned before we jumped on the, the agenda, like what I want to get into is, you know, keys to success. We want to talk a little bit about that. We want to talk about leadership because you've, you've gone, you know, essentially from the bottom to the top in leadership in, in some regards. Right. And also your time and service. Those would be the key things. I think a lot of people can relate to that will make them better humans. Cause that's our goal here really. So uh, you on board, huh? Hell yeah, man. This, this is the quite, everything you just said is quite literally, what we're going to talk about is quite literally what I based my entire career and my, my focus for the rest of my life on. It's trying to make a better community, trying to make better people, trying to make better Americans have some more pride in where the fuck we live, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I gave you, I kind of did a 30,000 foot overview of what you're currently doing now, but could you talk a little bit about some of the passion projects that you have and where your enthusiasm and energy is going today? Yeah. So right now, I mean, the, the core thing of what we have is uh, of course, battle bars, you know, uh, battle bars and then, uh, and then 1040, 10 fitness, like we, like we discussed, but you know, uh, when I, similar to everyone, your listeners to you, you know, when I was overseas, everyone was choking down protein bars and cliff bars and all these other, like, and of course, MREs, but you're choking down these bars and this, these things just end up sitting in your stomach. And I'm like, Wait, there's gotta be something out there that's better than this, but there really isn't. And then you go and find these other products, like your Gatorade bars that are loaded with like 50 grams of sugar and my kids are eating that shit my kids are getting older and they're athletes and others kids other people's kids are eating that shit and then you get to realize that all, everyone uh, overseas is kind of laughing at us i'm just laughing at it like the fat lazy americans and this is not who we are and it pisses me off you know so uh battle bars you know we uh, battle bars uh, we, our goal for the long term is to create a trusted brand and trusted products that every single product we make will never be artificial and will always be delicious. So 
think of our bars will always like these, any bar you taste now is like a Rice Krispie treat, but for adults, gluten-free, no artificial garbage. But on top of that, you know, we have a great mission behind that is to uh, support our, our charity, which is Operation Enduring Warrior. And uh, we just became the, we just became the, the title sponsor for the Savage Race. And uh, the Savage Race, similar to like your Spartan races, things like that, but Savage is on the up and up, man. It's some pretty cool stuff. But dude, you, you take some of these guys and girls who are missing their legs or missing their arms. And there's more importantly, mentally, they're fucked up. And it's hard for someone who has a lot of pride to say they're mentally fucked up. I think we all, what we've all experienced that, right? And these guys and girls, you watch them come to these races that we support, that we pay for their, their uh, travel and lodging to go do. And so whenever someone buys a bar, it quite literally, quite literally supports that. Dude, but they they go to these races and they're like, they don't speak, they're quiet, they're humbled. They finish these things, they're getting carried through the wheelchairs, they're pumping through, they're working together as a team. Man, these guys and girls are, they're like an open book. They're talking to us, everyone, they're excited. They're talking about their past history, what they want to do in life, just from one experience. And to me, that's, uh, that's, that's what it's all about. None of, there's no amount of money you could ever pay me could ever uh, could ever exceed uh, the value that that brings. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're a man that chases your passion. You find you 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 find you chase fulfillment, and uh, you could you know if you look at your pedigree, you look at your achievements, you really could put your point in any direction and accomplish anything. But what does Tony Robbins say? He says uh, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And I think that you'd have done an excellent job of figuring out what fulfills you the most and, and making that your mission in life and you're changing people's lives. And I know a lot of, a lot of veterans, a lot of entrepreneurs out there, everybody out there that's into fitness and health is really tired of sick and tired of being sold bullshit. Yeah. And so I think you're doing a, you know, you're, you're doing us all uh, not just a favor, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a need in society. So I uh, really, truly appreciate your work. Appreciate I want to kick this off with a random question. You know, this is, if we, if you, for the listener right now, if you didn't hear it, Alex has had numerous chapters where, where he's, he's proven that he's consistently driven and he strives towards achievement. And Alex, this is absolutely true about you. And I want to kick this off by getting clear about, you know, whether or not, have you always been as driven as you are today? I mean, you helped build a $300 million company and then you're, you got multiple companies you got going on right now. You're a family man. You got your hands in a lot of places. I know you're a damn workhorse and I've been around a lot of workhorses, man. And you are a work horse. So <laughs> a blessing you, and a curse, man. Blessing and a curse. <laughs> have you always been like that? And where, where does your passion and drive come from? I think it comes from my old man. You know, I, I, you know, when I was growing up, I was until I was in fucking seventh grade, dude, my, my, my uh, brother and sister and I shared a bed uh, growing up. But you know, it's crazy is that like doing that, I, I thought that was normal. Until like seventh grade, like I'm, we, that's what, just what we did. We had a, yeah. My parents slept on a futon. I slept in a room. But then one day, I go to my buddy's house, and uh, I'm allowed to have a sleepover there. So I go in like in my, like sixth grade or something like that, so whatever. I just uh, sleep over to buddies, and he lives in this fucking huge house, huge neighborhood. And I'm like, Yo, man, you live here? You, you live here? Like you have a basement? You're rollerblading in your basement? You have a pool? And he's like, Yeah, man. I'm like, what? And like, so I, at the time, which it probably sucked because I came home to my parents and I was like, kind of disappointed, but not disappointed necessarily. I was more like, why do they have this? And we don't. Yeah. Feeling of lack. I didn't understand it. But for me in my head, that, that triggered me in my head. And I was like, yo, I'm going to fucking kill myself to give everything I got to get whatever I want. I don't want handouts. I don't want shit from anyone. I don't want people to give me anything. You know, my dad worked his ass off. We would get up, dude, we would get up at, my parents would wake us up every day at like 4.30, 5 o'clock. We would go to my grandparents' house, which was like a 15 minute drive from our house, right? This is as a kid, like literally from, from as long as I can remember. Yeah. Drop us off at my grandparents' house, sit there for like 30 minutes, then go walk to the bus stop, which is like about a half mile, like walk, hmm. walk to the bus stop. And then sit at the bus stop, get on the bus, and then come back, do the exact same thing. My parents would pick us up at like 7, 7.30 at night because they both worked, get back and do it all over again. I thought that was normal. I thought this is what you did. When everyone else was like, yeah, my mom drives me to school. We go and get 
fast food, get McDonald's, Burger King, get all this shit after school. I didn't have any of that. My, my, it wasn't it. I get got back to my grandparents' house. It's like, my grandpa's like, yo, go clean this shit up. Go clean up the garage. Go clean up outside. Do your homework. He's like, that's just what he did. My grandpa worked like two jobs for like 60 years of his life to support his family. And uh, you do whatever it takes and built his house with his bare hands. I see that shit. So I think that, I think that that resonated with me is to see like the work and I'm, my family's kind of old school. You know, you get home, you take care of uh, your family, no matter what you do, whatever it takes to take care of your family. You don't ask them to do anything other than just to be happy and live their life and support you. That's it. You know, so I think it came from, you know, uh, my father's uh, work ethic, but overall, just my overall family, man, you know, do you, do you think somebody can cultivate that at a later age if they weren't taught it early on? hundred percent. It's all, it's all here. And in between the years, you know, you like, you can get motivated by people like yourself. You can get motivated by seeing what people have. But like, I think of when you look at it and you look at possessions and you feel like you look at like guys who are driving around in their fucking Lamborghinis or their yachts, you can be jealous of that. Or you can say, fuck that, man. I'm not jealous. I'm going to go fucking get it myself. And it's way more fulfilling to go get something and earn it than it is to just get it, you know, or to drive around with someone to, who gets it for you. It's, it's yeah. just not as fun, man. You know, like my, you know, when my, when I was a kid, um, when I was like 16, my dad lost his job. It was a big deal because my dad was like, he's God to me, right? Mm-hmm. And he lost his job and he, he was out of work for like a year, a year and a half. And I was sitting there as a kid working at a car wash uh, while going to school. And uh, I, every dollar I had would go to my mom to go pay for stuff, you know? So I couldn't even get my license because we, I was a shitty student and I couldn't afford to go to like this driver's ed school. And so, cause all my money was going towards paying our mortgage. Mm. My, my parents kept me sheltered from that. I didn't realize like I was playing on the baseball team. I was playing summer leagues. My parents couldn't even afford it. I was going to like a, I went to a Catholic school growing up. My parents couldn't even afford it. They had to ask other parents to pay up and pay for my school. And they didn't tell me that stuff. That takes balls, man. As an adult to ask another adult to help you pay for your kids. That yeah. takes fucking balls man and uh so, so a lot of your lot of your work ethic came from learned behavior it, it came from knowing what you don't want in life and then putting a plan into place to go out and get it i think and i can relate to that a lot you know when i grew up i, I grew up low income too and if somebody with that was wealthy drove in, drove into town it was like oh he's a rich asshole like that the jealousy would come out and people would just start blaming him and i always looked at that as even as a kid and i was like is he really a rich asshole or do we he just, he just have something that we can't have right now and we're just you know we have some animosity and i and I think that a lot of people get stuck in that mind trap and they see people succeeding. It doesn't matter if it's wealth. It could be in their career. They could be seeing somebody doing better inside their same profession or uh, it could be somewhere in sport. You know, it doesn't matter what industry it's in. It's, you know, looking through the world around you through the lens of if one man can do it, another man can instead of animosity and jealousy, which essentially keeps you where you're at and keeps you stagnant. 100%. I mean, you know, I'll give you a great example and not to go too far based, but like my, so when I got out of the military, my, my first job that we raised, uh, not first job, but my first real job that uh, we ended up getting up to 300 million bucks. I mean, I had no plans. I didn't like, it was a logistics company. I had no fucking clue, no clue what logistics even was. I yeah. just like, sure. Pays me, pays me a job. I'll, I'll, I'll go be a firefighter cop. And like, if you know like the that process to be a firefighter or a cop, it's like kind of an arduous process. It takes time, right? Mm-hmm. But for uh, so like I was like, yeah, I'll get this job, bide my time. But then like three months in, I was like, holy fuck, man, we can really start making some serious money doing this. There's a market. There's a, this market's never going away. It's never. Our supply chain's always going to be fucked up, and there's always going to be a need, no matter how bad things are, no matter how bad the market is, no matter what's going on. People still need to get their product shipped to them before Amazon. Like people always, it's, I don't want to say recession proof, but it's pretty damn close to being recession proof. There's always right. going to be money like churning through and going through the business. Right. So for me, the big key to success there was like building the relationships, working your ass off and building trust. So now all these other businesses that we have, they saw me doing the grunt work. They saw me staying hours later when everyone else, these investors that I have partners with, right. For all these to help fuel these other businesses. All these other guys were like, yo, this guy worked his ass off. He helped build this business up. So if he asked me for money, I know this dude is going to go do something. Yeah, I know he's going to work his ass off. And I can, and that investor can sleep well at night knowing that this investment is working with a guy who's going to work his ass off to get something done. Because that's really all you want as an investor, man. 
you know? So Sorry. true. I mean, it's so true. But, you know, a lot of people chase significance before they chase respect and reputation. Cool. You know, they, they say, Hey, I want to be recognized for X, Y, and Z. I want these investors to come bet on me. And instead of like reaching for that thing, they should be focused on building their reputation, building their work ethic. You do that. You create this ripple around you and people just become like, you become known. It happens in the military all the time. Like the military is pretty small when you're in certain branches, like the, especially like the infantry. Yeah. If you spend about three, four five years in the infantry, next thing you know, everybody that comes through word of mouth, you know, something about them from one duty station to the next, it just echoes and that those relationships carry over to the next thing. So if you're a, you're a shit bag in ranger school, like you're the guy that stole somebody's MREs in ranger school. And then, you know, seven years later, you're an entrepreneur and you're in the financial service industry. Everybody that served with you is like, nope, they still remember you as the motherfucker from ranger school that stole people's MREs. So your reputation helps you and hurts you no matter what. And, and I think a lot more people should spend time on building that reputation, building the respect from others versus chasing that significance, man. Yeah. And I think you got you take, good. yeah, you take the pieces of uh, what you've learned and the good and the bad, but you got to earn your stripes. I mean, that's, that's just, that's the oldest trick in the book, man. Is like yeah. earn your stripes and like go through the shit. I mean, fuck, man. My, my old my old gig, dude. Uh, while yeah, we got up to three hundred million in revenue, and uh, and I was a big part of that. I mean, but that doesn't come with sacrifice. I was I missed Thanksgiving with my fucking yeah. kids. I missed fucking Christmas with my kids. I swear way too much, man. So like, just no, you're, you're free reign here. It's uh, weapons free here, man. You can say what you want. Bro. I'm like, I, I'm like literally, I actually, my, my, I had a, my goal was to, to stop swearing as much. And I'm like, fuck man, I keep swearing. I keep right after you make the commitment, you're like, fuck, <laughs> but it feels so good. Just when you say fuck, man, it just gets, like, gives me some more effort. Freedom with your language. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. No, nah, dude. Um, I, I got kind of like sidetracked there, but, uh, no, I mean, like, you, you know, building all that up, but I miss Thanksgiving. I miss Christmas with my kids. We had, dude, we had our business. We had, we had a, like, I, I landed a big account and it was two and two to three months worth of work. Two to three months. I always, I like to tell people the story because like you, building your relationships, I, I learned something from like the best salesman I've ever met in my life. And I'm going to give him a shout out. His guy's name is Greg Gottsagen. Literally one of the best salesmen I've ever met in my life. This guy's incredibly successful. Great dude. And he said, he's like, look, you can go out and go meet, meet people and like stare at them and give them the, the view that, uh, that, you're, that, that, they're, that you're expecting something from them, right? You're expecting business from them. Or you can expect nothing out of them. Like just, just strike up a friendship. And if you get business out of it, fucking hell yeah, man. Yep. You got business out of it and then you made a friendship. And if you don't get business out of it, you made a cool friendship because that's what we're here to do. And friends want to help their friends out more than they want to help out just salesmen. You know, so, so true. go be a fucking good person. Go be a cool person. So like on that note, check this out. So one of the, on our year, on this one year, we were, we were having a rough year in our logistics business and we had to go out and all of our travel to like for salesmen, we're, we, we canceled it. We're just like, we're like, no, we can't do it. We're cutting our budget completely. And I was like, look, I, we need to go to this like one event in Vegas. We need to go. It's expensive, but we need to go. And they're like, nope, we're not doing it. And I, I was like middle of the road then. I was still growing the business. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to pay for it. But if it does well, if it pays off, we need to talk about the long-term future of what I'm doing for this business. We're like, fair. Okay. So we end up going into out in Vegas. We go to this dinner and I randomly meet this guy. I knew no one. I knew absolutely no one. I go and meet this guy, this guy from Jersey, actually Greg Gotson. And I meet him and he's very outgoing, super cool. And I'm just talking about business. And I'm like, Hey man, you want to go to dinner tonight? What are you doing? He's like, yeah, I'll go to dinner. I'm actually going with these guys, but why don't you tag along with us? I'm like, cool. I need, I need all their information. I need to talk to as many people as possible. So I sat down at dinner with these guys. We drank like five bottles of wine, ate like so much food. We were doing like random shots. It was ridiculous at this ridiculously nice restaurant in Vegas. My bill was like $4,600. As a 27-year-old kid, I'm like, Jesus, man. <laughs> bill between five of us. So they, they comes out and they go, hey, why don't we do credit card roulette? Are you familiar with that? I'm not. No. What is it? 
Credit card roulette is where you take your credit card. Everyone takes it at the table, takes a credit card, tosses it into your hat, and you're like, the waiter goes like this. Oh, shit. Test One that. person pays it. One person pays it. I'm literally, dude, I put my credit card in there, and I was like, just fucking take my credit card out because I know it's getting cold. I already know it. <laughs> so sure enough, boom, they pull my card. They all die laughing. But that moment, you know, I'm sitting there like stressing because I wasn't making a ton of money at the time. I was like, yeah, Shh. yeah. You spent a month, a month's pay in one night. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what am I doing here, man? Like, all right. And I played it off like it was no big deal, but I was kind of freaked out and turned it. I was like, yeah, fuck it, whatever, man. Like, hope this is going to pay off. I'm just going to keep in touch with these guys. I, I still get emails to this day about that night, about how funny that was. But those guys, if I didn't go to that dinner, if I didn't pay for me to go to that thing, if I didn't take a leap of faith on myself, I wouldn't have been able to meet those guys. And those guys turned into literally a $20 million in net profit account, $20 million over time. So like for me to go, uh, I mean, not directly, but like indirectly through how we met and who they introduced us to and all different spots, right? Yeah, the perceived value what it's jacked up to be exactly. 100% man is like, sometimes you got to take a leap of faith and do things that other people aren't willing to take that risk. You know, as an entrepreneur, you got to have some fucking balls, man. You yeah. got to get, you got to sack up and say, I need to go. Sometimes when everyone else is running this way, be like, you know what? That seems easy. But I'm going to go, I'm going to go right when everyone else is going left. And let's yeah. see what's over there. Well, and that's, and that's what leaders do. You know what I mean? Leaders, when I, when I was in soft, like we didn't want leaders that just followed the damn doctrine. Like they, they, we wanted the leaders that had the sixth principle of patrolling, which is common sense. Right. Yeah. And common sense dictates that sometimes I need to zig when other people are zagging and it, it makes more sense to go this way instead of like, what's the right thing to do? What do I know I need to do bet on myself and go that way. And you've have, you have a pattern of doing that. Did you, when you, when you joined the military, you know, that was betting on yourself as well. Why, why did you join the Navy? What was the drive that caused you to do it? You know, man, like I, I, I was never a school guy. Like I, yeah. it's just not my thing, you know, like I was, I sucked at it. I, it's not that I sucked. I just didn't, I was never interested. Like my parents said that I like ADD, like a motherfucker. Like, yeah, uh, I, I don't know if that's a diagnosable thing, but like, I think if I didn't have ADD, I would, know, I would be nowhere today. Yeah. That. You know? So, um, I joined because, you know, my grandpa was in the Korean war. He would tell me stories all the time. He taught me how to shoot. He was, he'd teach me how to do some crazy stuff like in the woods. And, uh, he was just, I just looked up to him. I was always around him and he'd tell me stories about how he was in Korea, cutting off the heads of snakes and throwing it at people and all this yeah. crazy shit. And I'm like, all these old school stories, man. You love to hear from like, uh, uh the, the, the true generation of people that really you look up to, right? All right, guys, all right, to look up to. And, uh, you know, I was going to join the Marines. The fucking marine guy was just way too creepy for me honestly uh, <laughs> it's crazy. funny it's funny how small things like that correct you like i have a friend in town he was gonna join um he was gonna join what was it the the navy and he, it was a kind of like a reverse situation went in there and he was supposed to go hand his packet back over to the the navy recruiter but he wasn't there the army guy was and so he ended up just turning like signing up for the army that day <laughs> it's funny but so keep going you, you end up joining basically out of you know inspiration from your grandfather is what it sounds like yeah well I, honestly that and like dude i i just loved uh i, don't know, I just i loved our I, i've always like been like had a crazy amount of patriotism i just i love when people stick up for something i've always been any team sport whether it be baseball basketball i just love that togetherness and you know and i remember my uh, my grandpa always told me that his, his closest friends he ever had in life was was when he was in the army so i, I joined the navy uh it, there wasn't really a core reason i joined the navy like i don't know i i, I uh i guess that I guess I wanted to challenge myself a bit. You know, when I got in, like everyone goes in thinking they're going to be a Navy SEAL. They're going to like, they're going to change the world, be John fucking Rambo, right? Everyone. Yeah. But then you get into boot camp and like Navy boot camp, or I don't think any boot camp really is that hard. It's more mentally just a pain in the ass. It's just annoying, right? Yeah. But um, you go through that stuff and then you realize if you want to go in and you want to go into like any special operations like you did, right? It's not a four year commitment. It's like they, you get through like your preliminary stuff to like go get a buds package or you get a preliminary stuff to go do whatever you want to do. And they're like, all right, let's get your reenlistment papers. And as like an 18 year old kid, you're like, wait, I'm already committing. Like what the fuck I'm already committing. And for me, 
I always had like an entrepreneurial spirit. So I didn't know if I wanted to stay in my whole life. I wanted to, I knew I wanted to serve. I joined right when 9-11 happened. I mean, literally I was in boot camp when 9-11 happened. Mm. So like the sense of motivation, and I'm sure you felt it too, man. The sense of motivation was like through the fucking roof. Like, I mean, through the fucking roof, everyone wanted to kill something or hurt something or like, yeah, just, yeah. Just say they did their part, you know, and it's hard to do that. Um, I think uh, in from from a Navy perspective. So uh, after 9-11, I mean, they were recruiting hardcore for people to like go into some type of security services job or some type of what's in, in the Navy, uh, their version of like the MP, right? Like a master at arms. And uh they open it up like crazy. I mean, like people were getting promoted that on bad side of things probably shouldn't have been promoted. Yeah. Right. How many, how many bonehead leaders did you have in the military? Jesus. Man. Yeah. I, I do. I, I have a great story actually. So I'm in the middle of a, on these oil platforms. And if you're familiar with them in Iraq, we're called uh, the Al Basra oil terminal. And uh, we were doing like pipeline security from there and like living on these platforms. We had this guy who just made chief. It's like E7, right? Just made chief. And the, the master chief petty officer of the Navy came on board. And something happened that day that kind of got like, uh, kind of got a little hairy, right? Something happened. And he came up to us with the MCPON on, on board. Came up to me and a buddy. And they asked us why we did what we did. And we said, it just seemed like the logical thing to do, right? It seemed like we just wanted to use logic. And he goes, don't use logic. Don't use logic. And we're like, what the fuck did you say? I'm like, I looked at my buddy. He's like, dude, this guy's going to get us killed. We're going to die. Yeah. Right? We're like, you want me to play the dog and pony show. You want me to be physically <laughs> correct out here. And we're talking about lives and stuff. And you don't have to go into the details of what happened, but like, I can see where uh, you, you see that a lot with leadership. You see that a lot with people that they, they want to do what looks good versus what makes, makes the most sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're not there motherfucker. Like, come on. Yeah. It's easy in hindsight, 20, it's 2020, but quick reaction and, and things like that is, is a totally different angle. Yeah, well, it's like one of leadership lessons 101 is trust the guy on the ground. And I think we just, it, it, it exists, the problem exists everywhere where we don't, we say we trust the guy on the ground, but then our actions don't back that up. And uh, it's, just, it's one of the common mistakes that you see all over in every industry when it comes to leadership. So That's it, man. I mean, like, even in the military, man, like that, that was like, for that moment, that was like my moment to be like, well, actually, yeah. my other moment was like hanging out with, hanging out in the middle of the desert and seeing all these Blackwater guys making like 150 to 200. <laughs> and I'm sitting here making like what, like 35 grand. Yeah. Doing the same fucking thing. And I'm like, yo, dude, why are you wearing a Yankees hat right now? What the yeah. Fuck? Like, why are you wearing jeans? What the fuck? Well, and I think, I think a lot of, I think a lot of junior soldiers, this is the most, in, this is one of the interesting parts about your personal story is that I think that you know, the military try, you know, does it, tries to keep you in the pipeline for as long as they can. Yeah. And, you know, I was a company commander and I, I was constantly asked about my retention rates and all that type of stuff. And I never wanted to push people towards a career that wasn't meant for them, that um, I thought that they could do that. Their heart was pulling them somewhere else. And, but so I saw this conflict all the time with the, the incentive among company commanders to keep people and retain them and not necessarily do what's best for the soldier. And I think that, when you're young, you're, you're very impressionable and your, your guidance is good. So I think that, yeah, helping somebody, uh, move through the chapters in their life is the right thing to do. And sometimes it is retention. Sometimes it is, Hey man, maybe you should do another three years and kind of do some more searching and seeking and figure out what you want. But then also I think that it's important that I don't know why the military doesn't have this, but it's, they don't really encourage I mean, I know why they don't do it because it's a business, but like you know, if somebody isn't fit for the military service, we should be happy to help them transition out. And there is programs now that help people like, um, you know, transition from active to civilian service, which is way better than it was 20 years ago. These programs didn't even exist 20 years ago. And now you have things like an entrepreneur track. Hey, you want to get out? Here's an entrepreneur track. So your like your story is awesome for a listener right now because it's an unconventional path. You came in, you did four years, you realized, hey, I like some of these things. I don't like these other things. I want to earn more. I, I came in for patriotism. I served my country. And then you decided to change chapters. Was, was that hard for you to make that decision to get out or was it easy? I was excited as shit to get out, man. I, I was fucking fired up. But yeah. at the same time, um, 
It's a big change, man. I, like I, I, I became really close with a lot of the guys, man, and girls. I, 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 I we, but we still talk to this day. I mean, a big. I don't know if, I, if we've talked about this in the past, dude. But like, uh, the big reason why I, why we, we sold our previous business, logistics company. The big reason that for my like switch was, um, so my, my, my buddy. And this is a crazy fucking story, dude. I, I, it gives me chills when I even talk about this. When I got out of, uh, I got out of the military said goodbye to everyone, like had a good big goodbye party. And it was like pretty fucking sad, but I'm like, I was so excited to take my terminal leave, man, and do my thing. But uh, my buddy Zam, Pat Zamaripa, we, we served together. We uh, uh, hung out in Virginia Beach together, did did everything, right? Had plans. I was like, yo, come do some stuff with me. Move to Chicago. He's a big Texas guy. He's like, now nah, I'm going to be a cop. And I'm like, I guess I can go be a cop, but I don't really want to do that. You know, then I end up getting into logistics, right? So I try to convince this guy. So after we sold our business, right? Or, excuse me. Uh, before we sold our business, 2000, uh, in 2016, or we sold in 2016, uh, but 2000, sold in 2018, excuse me. And then 2016, uh, we, uh, I don't know if you remember this in July, was uh, the Dallas police shootings. So there was a, there was a sniper that killed five uh, officers uh, in one night. He was one of them. That was my boy, my buddy, Pat Sam. Crazy. So check this out. This guy gets killed. I hear about it. I'm beside myself, right? I'm losing my mind. Like, I can't do anything. I'm helpless. I'm in Chicago. This is happening in Texas. His Literally, his girlfriend at the time and, and mother of his child is texting me. Like, he's not answering me. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'm like, don't worry. He's good. Dude, I go to bed. I literally went to bed not even thinking about it, not thinking anything. I woke up to a text from uh, his wife saying he's gone. And I was like fucking frozen, dude, frozen. I like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, I can't go fucking just hunt this dude down and fucking kill him. I can't go like beat the shit out of him. My my kids are right there. They're watching me ball my eyes out. So I'm trying to think of how to like gather myself and my kids. And so I, I did what anything else that anyone else would do is like, let's raise money for his family. I, I don't know what else to do. I'll go raise money. So I went up, uh, I went and started like a GoFundMe and cause his, his, uh, believe it or not, like people started fake GoFundMe accounts and were raising money for his family, but then pocketing that fucking money. Dude. Bullshit. People are crazy. So his wife asked me, his girlfriend asked me like, can you do it? Yeah, I, I know you'll, I know you trust it. I'm like, yeah, of course. So I did it. I ended up going on Fox News to promote it. We raised in a five-minute interview on Fox and Friends. Five minutes. We raised like $220,000. And like, wow, that was my moment to be like, yo, I need to stop what I'm doing and go do something where we can get in front of people and tell people stories and like do some cool shit. And uh, I ended up like the, the week that I was buried, it was national news. It was a big deal. I mean, the week that I was burying him, we were supposed to be at a Cubs versus Rangers game in Chicago. And instead, I was fucking burying this guy. So check this out. So full circle uh, after all this, man. My, so my partner, Ian, he's an Army guy like you, uh, like a, a combat engineer. Good, great dude. You know, uh, he's, an o, he's still in, actually. He's a, a, an O3 uh, in the reserves now. But uh, I'm telling the story. And he goes, you know what, dude? I, this, he just told me this a couple of years ago. He goes, I didn't, I didn't tell you this. I meant to, but I, I didn't want to like bring it up. But the guy who killed uh, those five officers was an army guy under my, my business partner, Ian. He, oh, no shit. Ian kicked this guy out of the military. Oh, fuck. How crazy is that, dude? That tells me like I'm on the path like I'm supposed to be on, right? Like yeah. this guy that I'm like, Every time you order a fucking battle bar, you see something about my buddy, Pat Samaripa. You look on our website and look at our, our heroes, you see his name somewhere, right? Talking about it. You go into our gym, every gym that I own here, you see his name on the, on the Zam wall. You see his name. We have, we have uh, stations dedicated to his name, just his name alone, right? So that's my commitment. Like his, He always wanted to be like Hollywood, so his name's always in the fucking lights for me, Mason, and everyone around him. And this dude that killed him is my business partner and my main majority owned business is he kicked him out. What are the odds, man? What, so what is that? 
this is this is uh, I don't believe anything happens by coincidence. I think that it's all alignment, it's all energy, it's all tied together. And I, I want to say thanks for sharing the story because it just puts that much um, purpose behind the work that you're doing. And you know, I, I was already behind you. I was already supporting you. Now now it's 10x, 100x that. Now I'm like, how do I help? How do I serve? How do I help amplify what what we're doing here? Because this is not just like, this is not just a company. This is, this is a purpose-driven mission that's um, carrying somebody's legacy through time. And I, I truly appreciate you sharing that with everybody because a lot of people go through trauma. A lot of people go through hard times. And I think that when that happens, you have a choice. You figure out a way to either dwell on it and it buries you, right? Or you figure out a way to turn it into something productive and make something out of it and do something with it. And it sounds like you've done that. Yeah. Um, and, it's not and, easy, man. You could sit here and tuck your fucking tail in between your legs, feel fucking sorry for yourself, or you can get the fuck up and go do something. You know, like I, I have no, I have no patience in my life anymore for people who just like keep talking about quitting. Mm. Like I just don't have patience for that anymore. Like I, and as I've gotten older, like I have sympathy. I want to talk to you once. You want to talk with me? You know, I, I talk to a lot of people, dude. And like, if I talk to you once. I'm here. I want to, I want, my ears are open, man. My eyes, I'll look you right in the eye and let's have a great conversation. Let's fucking get through this shit together. I'll wake you up at four in the morning to come fucking join me in the gym. Right. I'll take you to some of these races and you come with me. But if you don't want to take that, if you want to like stop and complain and have your downtime, I have no patience for that. If you want to complain about how life is so tough, our life is not fucking hard. We won the fucking lottery being Americans. Yeah. We literally won the life lottery. Like what is the hardest day we've had? Starbucks was cold. Like, yeah. you know, I you, know, you know, like you, you're, you're three bedroom, two bath townhome, townhome. Yeah. You're not satisfied with because you're not a fucking mil- dude. Yeah. I mean, my you electricity know, flickered today or something like somebody's like, yeah, my internet went out and I can't like th- throw their hands up, you know? I mean, you know, I mean, you, I think that gives you, that's why military service is so important and, or just some type of civil service like the Israelis do. It's so important. It's because you're like, you see that perspective you saw how people in Iraq lived. It's a fucking, yeah. it's a disaster. I was never in Afghanistan, but like similar, right? Like you Same. look at how some of these people live and you're like, how oh, the fuck do they live like this? Yeah. I, I could never imagine like no running water anywhere. It's Nowhere. amazing what, pers- it's amazing what perspective can do. And, and if we're pulling perspective out of your situation, you know, you've turned something that's very, very painful into something that yeah. gives you passion right and you even you put your your friend's name up on the wall you write hollywood places all these things to keep you connected to that passion i think that's huge i think if a listener is looking for practical actionable stuff it's it's finding a way to turn that pain into passion and keep it at the front of them so if, you know for yourself what are some things that you do you mentioned you you put up his name you stay constantly connected to your friend but when you when you see his name what does that do for you internally what's the message that you're saying to yourself and what is it doing to the fire inside of you? Oh, dude, man. I, uh, I mean, we have a barbell downstairs with his name on it. So I, I only live with that barbell. I stare at his name, like literally, like I'm not going to quit because this dude would be, although he didn't really want to work out as much. I want, he liked his uh, Mexican beer, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, this dude was just, I, I don't know. I think in my head, I'm like, I, I, if I tell people I'm going to do something and I think that uh, like manifesting things is important. So like, like you, I think that you're really good at doing that. I think that by telling people, this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to hold myself accountable. And I fucking make shirts that say, literally say integrity on them above our logo. They say integrity. And if you say you're going to do something in my family, how I was raised or people in our business that work with us, you know, if you say you're going to do something, you do it. You work your ass off. You do whatever it takes. So for me, I tell everyone, we're going to be a hundred million dollar nutrition business. We're going to be a hundred million dollar company. I, I don't give a fuck what I have to do. I'll be a hundred million dollar company. And if that, for me, you know, if I can go and do something cool for Pat's family, when, when, when that happens, you know, if I can help them with a passion project uh, that uh, helps his kids out, man, I think I'm pretty cool. But, but the, the crazy part is that it's not just, you know, it's not just, uh, it's Pat. There, there's a ton of guys and girls that are, you start to learn about it. I mean, I have a bunch of SEAL team buddies that, uh, holy shit, man, the amount of like stuff that's going on in their brains that people just aren't talking about. It's wild, you know? Uh, Absolutely, man. Um, There's a company you should check out. I mean, I see you post about this stuff. Uh, Vets uh, Solutions. 
Um, you should check them out. They're doing a lot of cool stuff like psychedelics and uh, a lot of cool stuff to help looking for ways to help uh, people with uh, um, uh, what, uh, or TBI, uh, yeah, TBIs, like traumatic brain injuries. And like you hear about all the guys who are breachers in the army or the, or the military in general. And those guys are like the shocks that goes into the brain that you don't even realize. I mean, yeah. this shirt that I'm wearing right now is we did a workout for this guy, David Metcalf. This guy's a 20 plus year Navy SEAL who killed himself. And this dude had like 20 after they did his all, he said, something is wrong with me. Something is wrong. Like I'm feeling this in my brain. No one's listening to me. And he ended up killing himself over it. But he did it while also leading down like a ton of homework that he did on saying why he's doing this. And I'm not ever saying you should ever give up, but I'm saying if there's any light at the end of this tunnel about what this guy did, was that he created some crazy amount of awareness that said, this is what's happening in my brain and you need to take it fucking seriously. And they found he had 20 plus concussions. I mean, severe CTE, like all this stuff. And there, there's just, there's just a lot, uh, that a lot of work that needs to be done that can't be done by just like talking about it, you know, amongst ourselves, it's gotta be on a, in, on a big stage. And that's why I like battle bars and that's why 10 that's why we'll always be like that. We, we got to build it. I, I look at it like I have to. I don't have a choice. Not about money. But it's, it's saving like, lives. It's saving lives. You know, you mentioned before doing events. When you do an event and you go through something physically challenging, it doesn't matter if it's your first 5K or yeah. your, your 10th 50K, your 100 mile or a cage fight. It doesn't matter what it is. Afterwards, you open up to people, man. You, you know, you, especially if you do a physical activity where you bond with people. Um, I think. What I'm, what I'm picking up on in your story is a lot of the work that you do. I mean, it's around health and fitness and nutrition, but you're, the purpose is to save lives and you're using fitness, you're using nutrition as a way to get people to take better care of themselves. And then in a, in a way, if there's, you know, they're dealing with something related to trauma, you can almost use that platform to help facilitate their growth to saving them as well. And it's, it, that's all tied to your purpose. At least that's how I see it. That's exactly it. I mean, we're, we all like at the end of the day, like the, t- the clock's ticking. I don't yeah. care how much fucking money any of us has or whatever. The clock's ticking, man. I mean, we choose our conversations that we have with people. We choose them wisely and how we want to spend our time. And I feel like talking with you is productive, right? Like we, I feel like you're a guy that wants to get shit done. Yeah. And that if you put brains together, that two guys want to get shit done. There's some cool magic that's going to happen at some, some point, you know? So I, I think that, for me, I, I just, uh, you got to have some kind of purpose for what you're doing. It can't just be money hungry, but look, make no mistake. I want to make a fuckload of money. I've done all right in my life. I want to make a fuckload of money. I want to make, I think it's, it's perfect to say that too. A lot of people hide. They don't want if you confess it, be out there. Just like oh. you said earlier about calling your shots, say what you want to do, then go pull it out of your ass and figure out a way fit for a way what to did, do it. Right. What did, what did he say? Uh, in uh, Wolf, of, Wolf, of Wall, Wolf of Wall Street. It's one of my favorite quotes when he's like, He's like, I've been a rich man and I've been a poor man. And I choose rich every day of the week <laughs> because it's like, look, man, like you can do so much good. The more money you make, it's true. You can make way more money. Yeah. I mean, when we sold our last business, um, I got into investing like crazy. I was investing into real estate. Uh, I started investing into private equity deals I and mean, private equity deals are by far like bus- investing into businesses like battle bars or, or 1040 Those are risky. But you look at certain things, right? You look at when you're investing, you look at certain things like I want to do, does the business have a great operator? Does that business have a great operator? And do they, do you feel like that guy or girl is going to be in it for the long haul? And are they passionate about what they do? Number one. Number two, is the product good? Do they have a good product that that consumers are going to want? And is it marketable? And two, can you see yourself as an investor using it for the next five years? If you feel like you can use that, that's like the golden rule of, I think, Warren Buffett of investing. Like you invest in the things that you see yourself using for the next five to 10 years. Can you use that for the rest of your life? If you think you can use the rest of your life, you should probably put your money into it because other people probably feel the same way. You know? Those are great tactics. And you know, I think that for, for a lot of people, um, everybody wants more abundance in life. doesn't matter if it's money, if it's fitness, if it's family, whatever it is, they're always searching for more of what makes them feel good. And so regardless, you know, you guys could break, re-record this, listen to those strategies on investing. But at the, at the same time, 
um, we just uncovered really what the key is to a richer life. And the key is knowing exactly what the fuck you want, right? Yeah. If you, if it is, if it's in this example, we're talking about finances, but maybe you're happy with the finances. Maybe you're happy with your house is paid off and whatever. And you actually just want to be closer to your kids or, you know, whatever. And you're too afraid to tell, I don't know, maybe you're hiding what you actually want. So you got to like, say what the fuck you want to do and then go and then go pull it off and not live in this trap of, of silence essentially. And, uh, and just be stuck there. I think that's a horrible way to live. It's a, it's a, like Henry Thoreau said, it's a life of quiet desperation when you don't, when you don't say what you want, you know what I mean? You got to, but manifesting it, man, is so, yeah. just like what you're saying, right? So like when I was 18, I said to myself, when I'm 25, I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. When I'm 30, I'm going to make $250,000 a year. When I'm 35, I'm going to have millions of dollars, at least, at least a million dollars in my bank account. And when I'm 42, I want to be done. I don't want to have to work. I don't want to have to work. I want to work because I want to work. I don't want to have to work. I can, if I want to sit back and let my money go gain interest and go have a bunch of assets making interest for me and making money for me and getting my distributions left and right, maybe start a family office. That's my goal. Seriously, man. Like I, I, I had that serious mentality. That I don't yeah. know fuck what I had to do. And you know what happened, dude? When I did that, I hit every single one of those goals. Every one of those goals. You know, when, when we sold that business, dude, I remember sitting with my business partner, who's the majority owner, and we're walking around and like talking and him and I have been through some crazy, crazy shit together. Like for those of you listening or for you, if you have business partners, holy shit, man. I mean, him and I have almost come to blows like a thousand times. Yeah. I, and I love this guy to death. He's family to me. But him and I, him and I have come to blows like a bunch in his office telling each other to go fuck yourselves or I'm going to beat your ass or like fuck you, you're fired. I quit all that. We've went through it all. And this guy, this guy, we just sold the business and made a big chunk of change, man. I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm like waiting for like the wires to kind of go through. So I'm sitting on my phone and I'm like, like this, we're sitting. So he goes, come with me. We hop in his car, takes me over to this Ferrari dealership. And we just like are walking around. He's like, what should we get? What should we go get? <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And I was thinking, I thought literally, I thought he was going to buy a new one. I was like, what are you doing, dude? Jesus, don't buy, I'm not, I can't put it. You can't put a Ferrari in my, in my middle-class house, man. It's not going to fly really well there, but, um, <laughs> but uh, no, we, we were just like talking about stuff. And then we sat down, we went to this restaurant that we went and sat and had a bourbon together and looked at me and he goes, yo, check your bank account. And I just went, I literally like put my hands on my head. I cried in the middle of a bar. I cried. I hugged him. I was like, fuck, man. And his check was, his wire was significantly more. We'll just say that. Uh, yeah. But man, I, I like, I was, you know, you know how old I was when I did that? That was three fucking years ago, dude. I was 35 years old. That was my goal. That was a big milestone for me. So I'm like, all right, next up. You got to grind away. You got to start. You have to say it. You have to say it out loud. You have to commit to it. And then you have to put your back up against the wall to pull it off. And I think a lot of people get stuck. If you can't say what you want to do, you're probably not going to do it. That's it. How many people, um, you know, how many people, how many successful people do you know? Successful. Talk shit about people below them. Oh, none. None. No one does. But the other way, have other way happens all the time. Always, man. So like, people are so worried about these people are saying bad things about me, and I'm like, yo, man, if you're gonna be successful, people are gonna hate you. They're gonna fucking hate you. Yeah. People hate me. I don't know why. Some people just don't like me. I I don't know why. I'm sure people don't like you. I don't know why. Well, we'd be wrong to assume that everybody likes us. That's one of the biggest leadership uh, inaccuracies or fallacies is that you know you're in position. Everybody likes you. It's not necessarily the case. No, I mean, like, look at, look at the president of the United States, man. I mean, how many different presidents have we had? We're like, at the end of the day, these are still people, right? They still breathe. Maybe not our current presidency. I don't know what he's doing. What's going on there. <laughs> I mean, um, no, but I mean, like, like some, sometimes you forget that these are people too. And like, it's always, there's a reason why it's literally always 50, 50. There's just always 50, 50, man. Like people are going to hate you no matter what, for the same reason that people like you. That's yeah, it. the quicker you realize that, the quicker you can advance. I want I want to hit you up on some leadership because you know yeah. we, we talked we talked about uh, your time in service. Well, we talked about your childhood, what inspired you at a young age, where you kind of come from. We talked about your military service, what inspired you to join, what inspired you to leave. 
and uh, you know, you became an entrepreneur, you built some great companies and um, along the way you've led a ton of people, you know, it is, if we just look at the logistics company, you, it grew to 270 employees and I don't know what your scope is right now with personnel, but you've got a lot of leadership experience. And I imagine that you've grown a ton since the beginning, since a junior soldier or junior, uh, 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 sailor, sailor. Sorry. Yeah. Dang it. I was sorry. Sorry. Apparently I, obviously I got more army buddies than Navy buddies. Less, I'm just sound, every time you say sailor, I feel less masculine. I don't know what it is. <laughs> just say it, say sailor, say it. Say, say. <laughs> All right. Well, but, but here's what I'm saying is you can, you come from a junior uh, guy in the service, <laughs> right. There and you then you work your way up. Um, what are some things that you learned about leadership along the way? Man, I think leadership is, wow. I think about that all the time. And I, I, I like to think I'm a good leader with our crew. I like to think that, but I'll tell you what, I mean, for two years, I didn't make a paycheck here. I just started paying myself for two fucking years. I paid everyone else. I've paid everyone and I go to bed. I swear to you, man, I go to bed every night thinking about how I can make everyone in our business happy from our gym members to our customers, to our, to our employees. I think about like, how I, how can I make their life better and make them happy about where they're at? And then I wake up and I think about the exact same fucking thing, the exact same thing, man. And like, think about with my kids, you know, I think being a good leader is one integrity. If you look yourself in the mirror and what you do, when no one else is looking, and maybe that's a cliche statement, but what you do when no one else is looking, that is, that's what makes the leader. You know, when you're, you know, it, it, like you can go tell people and, and uh, get all, uh, you know, I don't know, David Goggins about shit, and, which I, I love, big fan of David Goggins, obviously, but like, when you get all rally Goggins, him. Yeah. Yeah, you can get up and tell everyone, hey, I'm getting up at four. Fuck you, I'm getting up at four. Or you can just get up at four. And let people see what you're doing and don't do it for anyone but yourself. And if people see that, people are going to eventually notice that. And they're going to eventually be like, Jesus, man, that guy, it's a fucking machine. Like that's what he want. That's, that's what I want to be. But I think that like being a good leader is, is being a good listener as well. It's like, I feel like a lot of leaders sit back and they like, instead of listening, they kind of wait to speak. Mm. And, uh, that's, that's not good. That's not good to just wait and speak. you got to hear what your people want. And also my, my dad taught me this as a leader uh, is that he always says, don't ever let anyone fuck with the mothership. The mothership is your business. And don't ever let any relationship or anything fuck with the mothership. Because if you let people fuck with the mothership, it's going to go down. So like, if you have an employee, like, man, if I, I like I had to let go of someone. Uh, I, I don't ever want to fucking fire anyone. I hate it. It's the worst. I'd rather find another position because if you show yourself that you have passion and you want to work your ass off, we'll figure something out, right? But like, if you're just lazy, I don't have no time for that shit, right? But for me, if one person fucks with the mothership or fucks with your vision, you know, I've sacrificed a lot for 104010. I've sacrificed a lot for battle bars. And if one person wants to fuck with that, it may not hurt right away. And there may be like some backlash, but at the end of the day, like the mothership is intact. Yeah. You protect that mothership with everything you have, because if you don't, you know, if you have to let one person go, it sucks. It hurts. People are going to be upset about it. But if you, if you don't let them go and you have to shut down your business or fire everyone, yeah. that's going to suck a lot more. I love yeah. that. I love taking care of the mothership you know, analogy because you, just like you mentioned earlier, when you were, you went two years without taking a paycheck. Yes, you're doing, you're protecting the mothership. Let me take care of everybody that's on this, on this, this, this platform that we're on, take care of them. And then yeah. it'll stay protected. It'll grow. And I think that's a great, doesn't matter if the person has a business or if they're running a, a platoon in the, in the military or whatever, it's protect the, the mothership at all costs. Now with that, I have a lot of, and I coach a lot of these people too, that they're servant leaders to their core, they're helpers. They want to do good. And what I find is that when you have, when you're that type of leader and you care so much, usually the weakness is taking care of ourself, right? It's, it's taking care of the person that's driving the ship or whatever it is. So for yourself, for somebody that has the engine that you have for your work ethic, that can work 20 plus hour days, and you believe in serving the other people around you, you know, what do you do to kind of pull yourself back and, and consolidate, reorganize so that you're 
full to take care of everybody around you? I think that um, fitness is a big thing for me. It kind of like level sets me, you know, I'm like, I used to be working out to go get some girls and look good and whatever. Right. Yeah. But, uh, good to get you started. Now, <laughs> now, dude, now I, I beat the shit out of myself safely, of course, but for an hour, like right before this podcast, we did, we just did a workout in our gym and I went like hard as fuck. Now it was just, it, I didn't do it for anyone other than myself. And I knew that people were watching because I'm the owner of this place. And I knew they had expectations of me, but like for me, man, that that's a way that I take care of myself and to make sure that I'm ready for others. Um, another one is my kids. I mean, you think that you got all the answers, go be a dad and, <laughs> and you have no fucking answers for anything. And they will humble you right down to your core, man. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'll tell you what, as busy as I am, no matter what is going on in my life, no matter how many businesses I have, no matter how many phone calls I have, I will never miss my fucking kids' games. I will never miss any of their things at school. Not a fucking chance. There is nothing that can, there's not a, no amount of money you could ever pay me. You could tell me that I had to miss my next kids' games for the next month, and I'll give you a billion dollars. I would never fucking, I would fucking light that on fire before I would do that. Your, your, your kids are, you got to have a why. We keep talking about purpose and like mission and manifesting things, but you got to have a why. You know, when I, when I, I have a 10 year old girl who looks at me and tells me she wants to start a website for like the, the, the shirt designs that she's helping make, yeah. I'm going to help her start a fucking website. You know, when my son tells me he wants to play football and play, even though it's for the Packers for some ungodly reason, he wants to play for the Packers. But uh, when my son tells me he wants to play football, man, I go sit down and, I talked about this stuff and make time for them. That's the stuff that's uh, that when I'm done with those, when I'm done spending quality time, I put my phone down. I don't want to talk to anyone. When you do that, when you do that, you go back, it makes everything so much easier. It just makes every conversation so much clearer because you're not like, I, I don't have a purpose. Like, dude, you and me, or I don't have a, a, like a, a outside ulterior motive. Like you and me talking, man, I'm talking to you with, I, I don't care if there's 10,000 people listening right now or if there's just you and me talking. Like for me, I have no ulterior motive other than like, this guy's a good dude. I want to talk to this guy and I think that he's going to be successful someday. And I hope that I can be a little bit of a part of it because that's like what we go back to my, uh, my buddies. Remember the buddy I was telling you that kind of the conversation was like, look, to be the best salesman, you just got to be a good person. It's not that hard, yeah. you know? And if it doesn't work out in business, then you just created a great friendship and you yeah. made someone else's life better. And that's, that's true about leadership too, you know, just be a good person. But what I love, you know, the question about, you know, filling yourself back up, filling your cup back up and where you, you, you take care of a lot of people. And so how do you get yourself back to center training? I think is something everybody can relate to. And family, I think needs to be just reinforced here for a second, because mm -hmm. a lot of business owners, they look at their families, like maybe it's a crutch or a chore. And, and it, really the reality is, is when you spend time with them, it's going to fill you back up. And so if you want to be better at work, it's not do more work. It's actually break away from work. Go spend some time with your family and you're going to come back stronger, faster, smarter, essentially. Dude, that's, I, I cannot express that enough. I mean, it's tough. I mean, I'll tell you what, dude, it's, it has not been an easy year. I mean, like I started a fitness business and nutrition business right before COVID. Yeah. I mean, gyms, my, I started this gym and it got, came out the gates hot and heavy and then shut down literally like a month later. Shut down completely. No money coming through the door. You know, finding ways to survive. Uh, a, a nutrition bar business was, you know, I'm, I'm promoting a protein bar during an election year in 2020, right? Big time, which just started to grow. So all my Facebook and Instagram ads that I'm advertising on, you'd think that my, my peasant shit fucking dollars of 15 grand a month or something that I'm using to advertise can compete against Donald Trump and Joe Biden money? Right. No fucking way, man. I can't right. Those guys are spending in governors and, and uh, all these other like uh, all these other politicians are spending millions and millions of dollars on Facebook ads. So my ads, my cost requirement customer just goes through the roof. And like you got to find other ways, to, other ways to kind of survive. So, I mean, yeah, man, it's uh, during those times, like it, you sacrifice a lot. And and, you know, when when people are like questioning some of the decisions or if like I, I stick to my guns because I'm like, yo, dude, I earn the right to stick to my guns. I earn the right to say that I'm going to take this day off. I earn the right. I don't feel bad about it. Because a lot of entrepreneurs, I feel like they feel bad leaving their staff or they feel bad 
right? You got to leave your staff. You got to. If you don't leave your staff on their own to do their own thing, you're fucked. What are you going to do? You're going to be there the rest of your life doing everything for them? No, man. You got to let them be free so you can go and understand your purpose, especially, especially, especially if you have kids. You know, I'm learning this more and more. I mean, these kids uh, grow up so freaking fast. And it's like, I mean, my, I mean, dude, my daughter, I was just watching these like videos, not to get too off topic, but like I was just watching these videos, my, my daughter, and she's like three years old and her and I are talking to each other. And now she's 10 and I'm dropping her off at school. And she's like, all right, dad, so you'll pick me up at this time. Cool. Can we go to Target? I got to go get this, this, and this. And, and then, yeah, if you need help with anything, I can help you like set up the bathroom. I can help you set up this. And I'm like, oh, what did you say to me? What the? <laughs> like, she's like, yeah. Um, do you mind if I download TikTok? And I'm like, wait, what? What's going on right now? <laughs> this is ridiculous. But anyway, yeah. So again, not to deviate too much, but like, that's it, man. If you want to be a better entrepreneur, like, don't forget what you're doing it for. Don't forget it. Like, go back to your, make time for your, for those that are important around you, your friends, you know, like, don't forget what they're doing. Ask, check in with your buddies, you know, see how they're doing. Check in. Yeah. I mean, that's the common thread throughout the entire episode here. It's, it's, it's staying, it's relationships were the common thread. Relationships oh. help in business. They, they helped accelerate businesses that you've worked on. They've also been the cornerstone in um, staying tied into your passion, right? Like whether it's the loss of a loved one, it's, it's, it's helped out with that. It's, you know, the relationship you have with your kids, it's staying connected to them as human beings and people that are growing. And through all that, it creates this perspective that life is fragile and we need to take what we want from it and succeed and live with purpose and not live a life of, uh, of desperation, essentially. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Alex, man, thank you so much for coming in. Um, a couple of questions before we close out, just current projects that you're working on. Uh, what are some things that you're excited about for the future? Yeah. So, uh, number one, we, uh, as battle bars, we just uh, launched a deal with the UFC. So we'll be in every UFC gym and uh, throughout the country. Um, we also are the new title sponsor for the Savage Race. So if you go to savagerace.com, check out, check us out. Um, you can, there's a code somewhere. If you go check us out on Instagram, I fucking forgot the code and I'm going to get killed for it. But there's a, code, okay. there's a code on our gram where you can look up and sign and get a discount for your next Savage Race. But you'll see a lot of us there. Uh, you can see a lot of our charity guys that'll be, that'll be there. And that's pretty cool to watch. Um, we just launched a new bar for Battle Bars as well. Uh, it's called the Mountie Bar to make fun of our Canadian friends in the North. Uh, but it's maple syrup. It's out of freaking control. Good. I mean, the breakfast bar ever, the best breakfast bar ever in my life, but yeah. real ingredients, low sugar, no artificial crap. I mean, feels like you're eating a rice krispie treat, but for adults. So, uh, there's that, uh, battle bars, man. We just raised, uh, completed, literally signed, done everything yesterday, uh, of a uh, million dollars plus, an extra half million in supply chain financing, which is a big deal for us. So we're going to scale our team. We're going to grow. So if you know of any, uh, know of any guys or girls uh, in veterans preferred uh, that are looking for a, a job in a pretty, pretty fast growing business, but uh, likes to get a little crazy, blow some shit up once in a while, do some cool stuff. Um, hit, hit me up, hit, hit up battlebars.com and uh, send me your info. What about the best place for people to stay connected with you? Instagram, the best one or something? Yeah, else? It's, it's Instagram, Facebook. Um, uh, you know, we're launching. There's <laughs> actually a pretty funny podcast that we've been talking about launching. It's uh, uh, I'm a, so I'm a big investor into cannabis uh, from before. And uh, there's called it's called Weed Wisdom on Weed and Workout Weed and Wisdom on Wednesdays. <laughs> so like the goal is to do like a nice little workout get a little high <laughs> on Wednesday with uh, these guys who have all had crazy success. All the guys I was telling you about the guy at my, that we walked around that Ferrari store. Yeah. He's in it. He's a huge cannabis investor, big time and partaker. But, uh, but yeah, man, that's, that's another thing that we're kind of putting together, but well, in, yeah, when you get that all locked up and it's out, you know, put it on your Instagram, what's, what's your Instagram handle for everybody? Um, Jesus. I'm such a peasant. What is this? What are they called? Uh, it's a wit. So a W I T T three, three. So give me a follow and, uh, we'll be a little more, even a little more active on that going forward. Uh, I like so. that you guys are having so much fun. This is your, it's going to be an entertaining journey to watch inspiring. It's purpose driven. It's got all the ingredients that, Thanks, uh, that people should want to follow and support, you know, and, uh, we got to get you out, man. We got to get you out of Chicago, bro. Let's get out. I'll here. come out. I'll come out. We'll set up a date. 
Dude, we'll we'll deal. cover your we'll cover your flight and hotel, man. We'll come out, come on, hang out with us. We'll set we'll, up a date. I'm committed. I'll down. I think you'll like uh, our workout too. I mean, this brand I haven't talked about it as much. Ten forty ten, bro. We're we're going like nuts. I mean, my goal is to have us bigger than F forty five. I want to compete with the F forty fives and the Orange Theories of the world, and uh, and I want I want uh, I want like guys and girls getting out of the military to be like, yo, I don't want to go be a copper firefighter. What if I want to go make some fucking money? And we're going to give every veteran a blueprint to say, you know what? I want to open up a gym, but I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. We're going to teach you how to do it. We're going to give you everything you need to succeed, right? All the business practices, all the financial backing, all the help. If you need access to funds, we're going to give you great uh, options. And we're going to show you a great workout and how to keep people motivated. Because what is one thing people know in the military? It's building good communities, like building a good rapport and fucking working out. That's so true. Yeah. so it's an easy concept. So uh, 104010 Fitness, if you want to look at the website, you go to 104010fitness.com and you can uh, choose to see if you want a location uh, by you when you click on the locations tab. And appreciate you sharing that with everybody. And I love the roadmap that you laid out. Um, anything else you want to say to the audience before we close out? That's it, man. Just uh, keep following this guy. He knows what he's fucking doing. I like, I like what you're doing, Jeremiah. You're, you're the man. Keep it up. You too, brother. Guys, girls, ladies, gentlemen, uh, jam-packed podcast today on all types of subjects, success, family, leadership, uh, even a little bit of balance in there, being purpose-driven, life, death. Definitely wanted to go back and listen to again. I know I got value out of it, and I'm sure you did too. So if you did, do us a solid, share it with a friend, and um, as always, put something from today into action. Maybe you have some pain in your life that you can turn into passion. Maybe that can be your switch, but don't just sit there and be the info seeker. Let's do a little bit of action behind it. And uh, that's all that I ask from you to pay it forward. So until next time, be the leader. I need some motivation. Motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Crying myself when I yell at the wall. Begging to run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. I am a queen. I am more than the people can see. I am strong when I'm needing to be. Vulnerability's nothing to me. You can try, but I'm unshakable. My successes is never debatable. I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable. You gotta go hard, better get it.